0: I chose that I was going to have a moment without any form of electronics. (sighs) Just be able to... be in my own space for a while. I feel here lately that I've been so absorbed behind the screen. And... it started to become uncomfortable. I don't like the fact that I keep having to go back to this screen and do work, and... There's so much there to cultivate that's positive and beautiful things. It's just, it's hard to spend that time in that space. I feel happier when I'm not in that space all the time. But the exception of fact that I feel it's bringing me closer to finding someone. Because right now I'm isolated you know life has kind of stood still for everybody we can't go out you know there's no social places anymore out in the world and that's enough to really make you feel super isolated and so we turn to our computer screens and our phones and we try to find our social places there and there's so much content. there's so many places that you could be that knowing that you you show up to have that one type of experience every day really means something important. I like the idea of showing up and being there with these people who I might consider friends. I mean, we certainly seem to all be very friendly. Um, I haven't encountered anything that has been negative. I do see that people in the space like to um, really try and and consider new things. And so I think in that way, it's, it's a learning opportunity, a space for potential growth. And that's all good things. I just feel like I'm not quite ready to like become totally social on the platform first of all like because I'm just trying to understand the space while I'm still trying to I don't know it's really difficult to put myself into a social space on an online platform how do you portray yourself in some image that comes across the other side I don't know um it it all just seems very 2D to me. Like, you know, this is this flat screen and I just have some images that are put on there. And sure, there's clickable links and I can go into other flat pages. It just, it doesn't have the depth and dimension that my mind really craves. And, you know, I think that's why I like the idea of like VR because it becomes immersive in the sense where... I feel like it's a space that I'm in instead of a place that I'm looking at, you know, like as if it's, it's always something off in a distance and when I'm looking behind a screen, if I'm in a VR world, then I, I can actually picture myself being there, right? Literally. And then my mind can go to work, um, you know, building up that space and really accepting the the space as being something that while it may not be tangible in the physical sense, it's tangible in the sense of my mental capacities to pick up on it and manipulate mold within the modalities of the space, which to me is highly fascinating because I love to do that with my imagination. I go into this mental laboratory that I have and I work in a space. So I see that once VR is able to like give the, you know, visual cues for that, it'll be fantastic. Um, Well, at least it will work. but the idea of having a uh, flat screen to be able to communicate with people is it it leaves a lot to the imagination, and I think that that's where this social awkwardness for me comes in because it's like wow, you know who am I experiencing and like you know it, I get embarrassed when I'm around people. Um, And I don't know who they are. I don't know who these people are. I mean, like, we all have our images online, but who knows who's tied in at the other side of it, right? And so I hate the idea of there being some sort of um, constant question as to the truth and validity of the character or personality that you're encountering. it's easy for me to settle on, well, what does it matter if the person I'm talking to is real or if it's a bot if our our interactions are so limited in the sense where, you know, they're not really, like, crossing a line and trying to fuck with me. You know, like, they're trying to cultivate a good space for me, that sort of thing. Um, You know, because there's the existence of malicious bots. I feel like... I don't know. I think that in order to create a more immersive space where it's just screen-based and without going into the VR, you really have to start encountering a, a interface that's a lot more alive, you know? I, I feel like if I had a better um, experience uh, with the interface... I, itself, that it would be a more enjoyable experience for, you know, actually surfing on the internet. Um, yeah, but so I'm trying to stay away from that space a little bit because it just doesn't quite feel right in like the physical sense of spending all my time behind the computer screen. Like I can see how people do that and why people do that. But for me, I like to step away and, and cultivate other spaces as well. Um, you know, if it was my job and I had to, I can totally understand going into that space, but I have to find a way to like break myself back down after being in there for so long, you know, like really ground myself and be like, okay, you know, I'm not in computer mind mode, (laughs) but I'm a real person living in a real space. And so, yeah, I feeling like I have, more of myself here in the real world makes me feel happier in a sense like I feel alive <sighs> mostly because I don't like where I'm at and I want to be in a better place and I would like to be able to strive for that but I haven't really strove for anything like taken strides towards anything substantial in a long time mostly because I didn't know what I actually wanted to do uh kept waiting until it dawned on me, you know, what it is that really is leading my heart. And I know it's not here. But not knowing where that is, like, how could I in good conscience make a decision? Uh, I could you know, like, hop around places, and that's essentially what I've done. So, I don't know. I think that's part of the reason why I feel extra isolated, is because I'm not even home when I'm stuck at home. And that becomes a challenge. (sighs) And trying to cultivate some sort of social space, it's even more of a challenge. And I'm sure had there been an instance where I actually had a lot of friends growing up that I might have people to lean on, but I don't. I have people that I know that I can go to. But, wow, essentially, look what I come to when I need to talk. I come and talk on my phone or I write something down. I go introspective with everything because I don't feel like there's anybody out there that I can talk to. And so that's why I'm trying to cultivate this space in a social media, but it doesn't entirely feel right. There's something that's off about it, something that's off-putting, um, and I feel like it's me more than anything. Like, I feel, in a sense, like I have, um, I've put myself in a position where I don't feel a lot of close attachments to people and i don't feel a lot of trust for people um and because of that it makes it harder to uh feel like i can be accepted and be trusted and so that i'm sure sends off that signal to people like there's something questionable about this woman like what's wrong with her um yeah, and I don't know how to change that other than to just, you know, act like everything's okay. Try not to be weird. Um, but apparently I am. And I like to question, like, the actual definition of what is weird. Like, what makes me weird what by some metric that you've chosen for yourself? You know, like the whole idea of why the chicken crossed the road, Uh, you know, I imagine living in a world where the chicken's motives aren't questioned, that it's doing what it wants, it's doing what it does, leave the fucking chicken alone, but most people feel like they have a sense of needing to poke and prod to quite understand the chicken of the behavior, the behavior of the chicken, um, in case that it's going to reveal something profound on their end, it's like, No, being a chicken is a wholly different experience and you're not going to be able to really bring any true insight into that world of trying to understand yourself by, you know, pointing to the external and saying, well, at least I'm not that, you know. Um, But yeah, I just, I feel like because I have those type of thoughts about things and, and it's not trying to come across as being... Selfish or self centered or to be rude um but just recognizing that i have I have a particular way about me, and so perhaps to save people the trouble of having to endure me is why i I stay away from them, and it's a totally horrible negative thought to have that I would really like to turn around um you know, I do know that when I'm around people, they tend to be pleasantly surprised and they enjoy the experience of me being there. So like the assumption that people don't want me there is obviously a false statement, but it's still there. Like constantly feeling that way. And I have to like mentally change that and be like, no, no, you're not so bad. But the trouble is, then I get into people's space, and then things start to just go awry. And I know that I can't entirely blame it on myself because of the fact that as situations change, people change, feelings change, experiences change, settings change, everything changes. And some of us change really fast, some of us change really slow. In my case, I I change... I change at a rate that I can deal with. I used to be so much better at changing and now I feel like my capacity to do that is weighted down by the fact that I don't really have a whole lot left to count on to to give me a chance. I feel like I'm being cornered in, you know? Um, and so I don't feel like I'm necessarily like desperate or something for the need to be with somebody or to make human connections, but I do see the value in it so much and recognize that that's always been the thing that's missing in my life. And more or less, everything that I've done is to try to go back and really feel like, why do I have this sense of feeling that people are going to either one. Uh, sacrifice me or another sense that they're going to abandon me and um which keeps me from trying to stay away from people just in general and even looking at those two things I can't find the reason like I have some good hints (laughs) as to what they might be but whether or not they're actually really there um as the core reason, I couldn't say, but I do know I can look back to the that frame of reference and see that, um, you know, ultimately, I was neither of those things. I just had to abandon my attachments and I had to sacrifice my care to be involved. And so it wasn't other people that sacrificed, it was me. And I never got that back from myself. I never took that back. And so I kept sacrificing myself. And I kept abandoning myself. And it became this pattern of recognition in my life. I always felt the need to sacrifice something. And and to, you know, make myself in in one sense or another be held back. Like my wants or my needs, my plans, my ambitions all given away for something else. And so I feel like that's why I made this ultimate decision that I was going to decide to do something spectacular with my life. And I was going to stick to that with so much passion that it will help to in the living process of that trigger that negative stroke that I had, you know, cast for myself so long ago, um, and, and somehow like break the spell that it has over me so I can recognize, yeah, I actually truly can progress forward and move beyond the fact that, you know, um, things come in your life and things go in your life. And so if you just embrace, if I just embrace that, then, um, the terminology that's necessary in order to define what it is to be abandoned or what it is to feel sacrificed uh, no longer has any form or function literally removing the need for that narrative to even be played out because there's a new definition for that word and um It's not changing the negative one and trying to to turn it into something else, but rather uh, overpowering it with a positive word and accepting that as the new paradigm of my understanding. And that sounds weird, but it's really true. It's so so powerful to think about um, one's capacity to really choose the meaning of the words that you think about and that you formulate and you know the there's the universal laws that not a lot of people pay attention to but if you read them they're really beautiful fascinating concepts that just give you simple guidelines for taming the controls of your own mind that tend to be massively chaotic and in that it talks about one of the most profound things being the law of attraction which essentially just says like what you feel is what you're saying that you want to bring forward and i know that what i want to bring forward more than anything in my life is love it's always been what i've felt i can go back into the youngest parts of my years and i know that that sensation the love that's always been what i have wanted and I don't think that's very different from anybody else. Um, but that that love, I lost the definition for. Somewhere along the way, the concept of love got distorted by a paradigm that was created by some other word that got attached to it in the wrong context. And it, it, it spoiled it. It took away the innocence and the purity of the idea of love for me. And because I wasn't able to detach that from this other negative connotation. Love for me has been so distorted. And I have a really hard time of like identifying love in the world in a way that resonates with me. And so I keep looking for it. And I end up finding it in all the wrong places because there's plenty of people out there that will are more than willing to pretend that they love you because they want something out of you. There's some sort of like, you know, gain that they're gonna get in my situation i've always felt that i have been chosen as some sort of doll or a trophy or some sort of clone that they can do with as wish what they want and completely abdicate my desire to really discover what love is and instead give me their version of love and leave me abandoned to discover eventually that you know that's not what love really is love isn't about being a possession. Love is about possessing each other's heart with this sense of belonging, sense of home and recognition and wanting. And I feel that in my heart as something that's capable, wholly capable to feel at home in myself and in my heart. And that's what I'm constantly attracting myself to. That's what I think about in my, in my heart. And I wish, I wish I, I could formulate the silhouette and see what it is that's there. I wish I could put it to words, what I feel in my heart. And, and it's the millions of words that I have spilled on screens and, and written out and all these words that I've spoken in prose, like none of them have come close to being enough to formulate what it is that I feel inside myself. It is so profound but it's this broken thing. It's so broken. And even though it's broken, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. If anything, I think it shines more light because of the fact that it's broken because it's like wanting to be filled in those cracks and spaces between so it can be whole again. Um, and I feel like having the experience of love where, I don't expect anything from the other person I just need to see that the love exists that it's there the love is a real thing it is a concrete substantial thing it's something that I can I can recognize on whatever aspect of recognition that I feel compelled to respond to but in the moment I need to recognize that love is present and it's there and when I do when I can when I can feel it in in my soul, I will know that I'm home. And I constantly check myself. Well, what does that mean? What's that sensation? Like, I keep my heart alive. I keep checking in on my heart. Like, how do you feel heart? You know, and and I really connect with the sensations that I feel in, in, in my soul. And I recognize that There are times when it will flutter and it really is, it's not making much sense of it. It's an interest, but it's not the real thing. And then, and then feeling, seriously feeling something in my heart that is not stemmed some from some like flutter off in the distance of random obscurity. Like y you happen to catch on. Like no, like this feels good, this feels right, this feels natural and, and in this state of of flow and truth and honesty. And that to me is I really feel alive in that space. I feel closer to defining what love is. I feel like there is a new layer that's been peeled back or a new door that's been opened and revealed this new sense of feeling that I have in my heart. And then what it's done is it's helped me recognize all the ways that I have been numbing myself all over these years, um, to the feelings in my heart, because, something about it didn't want to have to feel because as soon as I started feeling this beautiful love out came all of the pain from the brokenness I was reminded my heart is broken and it's like it's like you know tearing your your hamstring or something like that um or get like a shin slit it doesn't feel great But it's not like it's broken and it's not like it's not going to heal. But it feels like this this tearing, burning sensation. And my heart is just not whole. And because it's feeling again, I'm feeling all the other pains and they're surfacing. And it's really hard to deal with that. I've had to do some serious work on self-care to get through this really difficult time for myself. (laughs) And it sounds so contradictory. Like, love is supposed to be beautiful and wonderful, right? Like, no, love is painful. It is so painful. (sighs) But it's beautiful. (sighs) Okay, so, um, yeah, now that all these old wounds are you know resurfacing and i'm i'm having to face them it's oh it's good but it's bad <laughs> ah doing my best not to ignore the pain cuz i don't want to forget this you know the the dust that's been kicked up in the wind <laughs> That I can finally see what's been there all of this time. But there's nothing that's started up enough for me to be able to see it. It's just been within me. And I certainly don't have the tools within myself to, to bring it out. You know, it's something that that I could only recognize outside of myself. And it would bring it out within me. And I... No, know it sounds crazy, but I feel like love is like that mirror that shows you the good, the bad, and the ugly all at once. And you, yet yeah, you're forced to see it and you don't get to have much of a say in it. And it becomes this like tragic, you almost want to vomit because it's an uncomfortable experience. It's like being on a roller coaster ride. One that goes really, really fast through all kinds of loops and hoops and dips and twists and turns and rises and great falls at tremendous speeds. And you are traveling in reverse. And the pain that I feel from that, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm being drawn back. And I feel like, and it sounds weird and slightly, you know, poetic in the sense, but I feel like I'm being, like, taken back into that time within my heart where I was, like, broken. And so I'm, like, going through all these years of, like, suffering the pain from that original heartbreak and, like, reliving all those experiences. So I'm having these these flashbacks to these really bad times and some really good times too and trying to make sense of all that. It's like wow like all these representations of love that I've had in my life have been nothing more than these great tests of my heart so it would be strong enough to endure the love that was on its way coming to me and preparing my heart for that and how that works I probably will never know but something deep inside is working really hard at keeping me alive <laughs> and it is painful but I feel like I've just been sh- shocked with lightning in in my chest and it is on fire I can't help it. I want to like go running down the street and dancing to burn off all of this energy that I feel inside of me. And I'm trying to, you know, keep myself calm and continue to breathe. And I don't feel excited. It's not like my, my pulses is high rate. It's like deeper than that. And you know, it sounds like, you know, like make sure I'm not having a heart attack or something, but this is not what it is. It's this sensation that um, that part of my heart is revealing itself so it can be healed. And I really believe in that. I believe in the power of visualization. It's the very thing that they used on the Apollo mission to get the guys to go to the moon the only way their bodies were going to be able to tolerate all the nonsense it was going to take to be able to get there, all the things that no humans ever experienced before was to condition themselves by seeing what it would be like, you know, and, and visualizing how to calm themselves down even though everything around them is seems chaotic. And so through the power of visualization and calming myself and breathing and really seeing, you know, what it is that's happening in my heart and seems just like my heart is feels like it's breaking in reverse and it's lifting this tremendous weight off of my shoulders and i feel so much closer to who i am as a person and less into my primitive self that has been keeping me on this like autopilot type of life for a very long time and I'm trying to make sense along the way through this process of recognizing the people that I have loved in the past. The people that I've devoted myself to and I cared for. And recognized how important they were in my life. Even the people who hurt me. Because I really can look at all that hurt and pain as this beautiful conditioning to firm my heart and and make it strong and whole so that it can withstand the pulsation that it feels when I recognize that I am on my way home. I feel my heart is growing like the Grinch. And So as I'm going through all these feelings and all these thoughts of these past experiences I have, I recognize that the reason why I keep staying in these shitty situations and I try not to connect with other people is because I feel that everybody has a closet full of skeletons and nobody wants to have to open it up but the fact of the matter is is that the closet is transparent and we can all see it and so really the only thing that matters is how you try to hide it you're trying to hide the fact of the matter from other people and and that's in where the the element of deception comes in And your logic and your reason just doesn't hold up in that space because then people can tell that you're lying. You're not being credible. And for people to think that, well, how do you possibly like see that as being possible to have these transparent closets? I mean, everybody's skeleton is supposed to be where they hide their deep, dark secrets, right? Right. It's the idea of having this universal consciousness. And and that's not some kind of like cloud floating over your head, but this ability to tap into our consciousness that we all share and see into literally the tombs of our soul, what we've experienced in our lives. It's not something that most humans do consciously. They don't tap into that source, that infinite source intentionally. But when they do, they can literally see anything that they want. Thank goodness Uh, there are many people that don't know how to access that for all the bad things that they could do with it just to themselves more than anything. But the idea is like, I have been essentially using this consciousness to remind myself that I'm not alone in the universe. and being able to see that I have nothing to hide from anybody. I know I'm a fuck-up and I'm a failure in so many goddamn fucked-up ways, and I coulda, woulda, and shoulda made better choices, but, you know, the ones that I made are the ones I have to live with, so I'm not going to try, you know, to do anything except for, you know, let call a spade a spade. It doesn't matter. What does matter is how much I've grown and how much I've learned and how much I've changed since then. And it's so much better than what I could have been, you know, had I somehow lived within the device of that broken space. Like, I've been broken many times in my life. We all have, like, breaking points. But I have been literally broken so many times in my life. And I'm sure this is where the idea of, like, you know, the death and resurrection becomes such a strong force in my life. Because I feel like I'm constantly dying into my old self and re-rising this better version. And I am learning along the way. But I still have yet to learn the ultimate question, which I posed for myself in this, you know non-ambiguous way and in a very straightforward way and not associating it into anybody's responsibility because the way I see it is that anything and everything that's wrong with the world we're all culpable we're all just as much responsible for the bullshit you know like we cultivated the environment that has created the beings that we are and we while have potential to be so great and we can be our best versions we can be really shitty too so you know, I don't think that associating an, a solution has even the potential to be pointing at anybody to blame, but rather assigning everybody responsibility and ownership. <sighs> at least to the claim that, you know, the world is broken and uh, we hurt each other in far too many ways. But we can choose to look at it differently and start to heal in the sense of like, we don't have to live in the shame, and the regret, and the pain, and the struggle, and, and the feeling that you're isolated, or that you're alone, or that nobody's going to listen to what you have to say, nobody's going to believe you if you tell your honest story, you know, that somehow you're going to continuously uh, be subjected to the harshness of the world, and its capacity to, to destroy, destroy your beautiful light of, of innocence, that you didn't know the world could be so cruel. And I think that the term innocence is often only ascribed to like young children, but we are each of us, we are innocent. Every day we are living in innocence. And that the the only evil that comes upon us is when we are turned away from that sense of innocence and brought into a realm of understanding that the world really isn't as safe as we had hoped it would be. And that's a really scary place to be in and most people avoid that concept. And you see it manifest in the world in so many ways because we've turned a blind eye to its existence. It's so sad because we live in these higher realms of negative outcomes which are just stemming in the fact that we're not focusing on the fact that it's a real thing out there in the world. This sense of of evil doing, you know, not like evil, like assigning it some, some, you know, beastly embodiment, but like there's good in the world and there's bad in the world. and It's like that, I mean, you can equate it to the negative for the positive charge and it's going to be a tendency somewhere in there, um, to lean towards one or the other. But I think that having a, um, a sense of, of needing, To not conform to the idea of being one way or the other. That it's okay to make mistakes as long as it's not malicious. And it's okay to do something wrong as long as your intention is to do it right. And that you learn to do it right from that. And it's a delicate balance. And you begin to see there's just really no way to remove all corruption in the world because it, it's the broken aspects of us that helps us to grow to be even bigger in our strengths and capacities. It keeps us conditioned. Um, but I think that there are far better ways to condition one um, with the use of discipline rather than constantly warring with each other. I agree with the concept of that a a general at war is far, you know, more versed in uh, than a general that is training at peacetime, just playing war games. But the idea behind it still remains the same. that The idea is not to war with the concept, but to work with the concept. And I feel like that's the most constructive way to assume responsibility and take ownership of of what we can do to fundamentally change. And so my idea is I need to go inside my broken little self, right? and And free myself from this prison of thinking that I deserve to be punished for the fact that I've done some wrong in my life or that, you know evil has befallen me and now I'm like tainted because of it and I have to live in this sense of shame that I've been touched by. My innocence has been, you know, touched by somebody that is evil. Like that doesn't matter in the terms of, of where my life is going. It's, it does not mean that I have to continuously live in that sense and that feeling, but it's a really hard thing to let go. Unless I put it into the terms of like that negative situation happened so that I can learn a positive lesson in the end. And I'm better able to, you know, strengthen the the bonds that are within the environment that prevents that sort of thing from happening again. And I put it in the simple concept of like a pitfall, you know, like a bottomless pit somebody could fall into. You know, if you know that those pits exist then you do what you can to you know either dance around them or build something over it you know like a bridge but you don't just let yourself fall into it and I feel like that's the way that most people end up going is they fall into this pitfall or they fall into this darkness in the world because it's really hard to how do you come to terms with all the evil that we breathe in the world it's there every single day around us How do you choose in the moment to like be in the positivity? And I know that when I feel positive, that's love. But I also, when I feel negative, that's love too. It's all this like growth and the faster learn the lesson, the faster you can get over it and move forward into a much better place. But letting go of that is really a struggle. It's really hard to do, especially if that's how you've identified as yourself for most of your life, if not all of your life. That you are this broken, fucked up thing, and having to let that go because you're not. It's a really hard thing to do. Though, like, I recognize for myself that I've carried that weight for a really long time. And I know that the world knows how I've been broken. It's the same way that they've been broken. So I'm not going to live in the shame of that. I recognize that I've made errors and they've led to outcomes that have made my life not be desirable. But that doesn't mean that I don't have the potential to make for myself a better life. I just know, I feel in my heart that... uh, I needed to have some sort of will to survive, and I had abdicated most of that a long time ago, and I just went numb. And the more bad things that kept happening to me made me go more numb and more numb and put my head buried even deeper and deeper into the sand um, so that I did not see all of the toxicity of the world, even though the most caring and compassion and tender parts of myself cares about the world so much it hurts my heart to see that there's so much evil in the world and and to see so much potential for good go to waste on on the fact that people have just resigned to the end of things that they they are just as much these broken victims of the shitty circumstances of the world as I am and so I feel like we're all like weighted down like Atlas holding the world on our shoulders (laughs) and our arms are getting numb after a while and we're all just fatigued and we're exhausted and it's manifesting in all these really fucked up ways and, and the efficiency of the way things used to function, even just in society has dissolved and we're at a standstill because we can't, we don't even have enough energy enough momentum to get ourselves restarted to be able to put ourselves in a better position like it's dire times but here I am this little ray of hope little ball of light and I I say there's still hope and there's still so much potential to change the world to be a better place and I know it sounds like it's naivety And in a sense it kind of is, but the, it's being intentionally naive to the idea that it can't be done, that I don't follow that, that trail of thinking. I have lived a certain way in my life where I have had this, this question ultimately in my heart the whole time. Like this has been to the root of my core. The reason for all my pain is like, why, why do we not know how? To make a, a collective cultural shift. Like, so everybody shifts in our cultural mentality that would suggest that this is the right way to be. That this is actually what we desire. And and get the whole of humanity to recognize, no, that's not desirable. Like, we could make it way more desirable if we really thought about it. and And start... Thinking in the cultural mentality that, yeah, we could really develop something that's fantastic for everybody. And it's so that the whole of humanity actively participates and contributes in the transitioning to an ever more healthy, sustainable, just and peaceful world. Because like, had I grown up in that environment, I would not have had my innocence broken. And I certainly wouldn't have had it broken so many times. Even in the context of loving people, being in relationships, it wasn't my heart that was broken. It was my innocence that was broken. My innocence to the fact that I never thought people could be so cruel and vile and and, and for circumstances to be so dire. I never thought that that would be something that happens in the real world, but it was. Enough to break anybody. For even having to go through that experience. But yet I was, I still went through it and here I am standing on the other side of it, you know, more worse for the wear, but I'm fine. You know, I think that the fact that those sorts of things could happen really shook me awake in a lot of ways and helped me to realize that the world creates these conditions by which people start making choices and their reasoning is sculpted by this, this cultural mentality that somehow has convinced them through the years that it's okay to be that fucked up to another person. It's vile. It's vile what humans will do to each other and, and what they're capable of. And there's no, there's no law that's powerful enough in the world that would be able to say that, a man left to their own intentions is going to do the right thing. There's nothing to say whether that's going to happen. And so it becomes a necessity to empower everybody to be self-sufficient, self-sustaining, free and independent people, where they live in the liberty of a world that that is so designed to assure that they are never put in a position where power could be put over them, to suppress them in some way, to remove their innocence from their lives. Like, how come we don't have a world where that's just the thing that we do? I think that looking that in the terms of, like, the four agreements, like, if you adhere that concept to the four agreements, we're basically just saying, all right, everybody, do your thing, nobody fuck with anybody else, and let's just all get along in the world. And that should be the term and standard by which we get along. This like the golden rule, do unto others as you want to have them do to you. If you want them to fuck you over, then go right ahead and fuck them over. If you want them to do for you and give you positive things, then you give them positive things and lo and behold, that is what you will get back in return, that is what you will receive. You get what you give. But the world just does not have their minds wrapped around that even being an okay thing. It's because we're all these broken victims of circumstance and each other. Are, and, you know, nobody's to blame, but every, it's everybody's fault, you know. And so we can't point fingers. All we can do is pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, start over again. You know, do something better with ourselves. Say, that is like, everything we've been up to this point has been the shitty version. Let's now from here be the better version. And it's a hard thing to do. I think, like, how can I even do that for myself? I have the will. I have the want. I have the way. I have the how. I have all of these things that I've been thinking over the years. Like, how I feel like I'm supposed to fit into the big picture of improving the world so it's better for everybody. And it's to keep up that constant conversation with everybody and let them know that that is a real thing, that a real good world, a a beautiful world, one that people could live in without this brokenness actually can truly exist if we just choose to operate that way. You know, like it's a simple choice to be leading our lives into that general direction. And so it becomes something that can change every day. But that change is really hard because you don't really know what you're agreeing to. You know, what What does that look like? How can you consider yourself living in a new world all of a sudden and then you're just there? Like, it's a hard thing to do because people don't know how to imagine what a better world would look like. And that's the whole thing. Is like Your choice is not like, okay, I choose for a better world. Now let it happen. It's like, no, I choose for a better world. This is what I'm going to create and I have created it out here and let's, you know, work towards that being a piece of the parts that it takes to change, you know? And if everybody was doing that on the same terms of like, wow, yeah, we are actually building our our way towards ever more healthy, sustainable, just, peaceful world where we can be more self-sufficient, self-sustaining, free and independent people. Uh, living you know in a state where we're more technologically advanced, we're peacefully evolving into that situation, and, and we can achieve the highest ideals that we can expand ourselves for, which is to become spacefaring and multiplanetary, leave this planet and have multiple planets with more people. In these other places expand our consciousness out farther into space. That's the farthest reaches. You you know, you're not going to find the farthest reaches on planet Earth alone. Though there's so much more to explore here. The idea being like having that mental shift in our head that we are choosing to, you know, take full responsibility and ownership of our lives and to transition to become an ever more healthy, sustainable, just and peaceful world pursuing a higher ideal of like expanding our consciousness as far as we possibly can the the capacity for human intelligence to be present in in the farthest reaches of time and space like how do we achieve that goal and to set ourselves up to technologically advance ourselves so that we can get there eventually and through that cooperation and that progress and in the golden rule, you know, wrapped up in the four agreements saying, this is what we're going to choose for ourselves. Everybody just decide to be that way. And it's as simple as a new functional operation by which you proceed through your daily living. You literally program yourself to live in a better way. And it sounds digital. It sounds very boring, but it's not. It's something we already strive to do in all of these, you know, gimmicky ways, but it's a real daily practice of self-care that we can do. And I'm one to preach. I'm not in that position right now because I'm in just as much of a crappy situation as everybody else is. All of the routines that I had before have completely changed I don't have the capacity to cultivate my society and my community right now. And so the adjustment has been very hard for me. And I mean, I don't know how other people are reacting to the situation, but I know that being able to just go into a store and for that to be a normal thing or to be able to go to a park and walk around that these are things that are just not happening right now. And to not have the capacity to go out and have experiences with people makes me feel super isolated. And I want to take this as an opportunity to say, wow, we can really look at what's the best way to proceed forward so we can realize that we need to reinforce our capacity to be social people. I know that's something that's important to me. I realize it now more than ever, and I'm sure other people who are more extroverted realize that as well. So why can't we take this as a golden door of opportunity to change and make for a better world for ourselves? Is it because we don't have the willpower? No, of course we do. Everybody's saying, please, we need change. What do we do? And that's mostly the problems. People just don't know what to do. And I I believe it's the answer is love, to love each other more, to love the situation that we're in, find the silver lining and love the crap at it. Like, it's really something that is fulfilling in your life right now, even though everything is circumstances are dire, right? Doesn't mean that there isn't still a flicker of hope, a flame for the fire. There's, there's a spark within each of us. That's just, you know, it's igniting the more that we recognize the fact that there's, there's hope in the world. And I feel like that's where the conversation comes in because it makes you feel hopeful. And I know that when I hear that message resonate, that true message that's really getting across with the fundamental points, like this is like where our problems are arising from. And this is how we move into a solution. How come more people hear about that to be able to make the conscious choice to move in that direction? And... That's been like one of my greatest struggles is because now I'm like, well, I am this big human piece of shit and uh, I dare stand before everybody and say, hey, I have a good idea of how we can do things different. Are you interested in listening to the potential that I can see in each and every one of you? And, And let me help you to figure out how to bring that out in yourself. The trouble is, is like, I'm broken person, myself. And so, in the process, I need to somehow have it reconcile that me helping others is not going to hinder myself. And how do I reconcile that in, in some terms that doesn't make it seem like I'm a bad guy out to get something? Like, I need to know that I'm okay and taking care of for the things that I need, um, in order for me to help other people. And then it's like, how dare I stand before the world and say that I can be helpful when, you know, I have my own things and my own problems to deal with. It's like, but this has been something that I've been working on since my childhood. This is something that I have been working on and developing in, into plans and proposals. And for the, for many years now, I have been hardline, st- focusing on how to actually make a true transition, like with blueprints and plans and directions and networking and how all these connections come together to facilitate something like this. And if I can envision that, and I can see how all these points will come together to make that happen and make it real. If I can see it, how come other people can't see it as well? I think it's because they just don't have the conversation, And so I am stepping out of bounds and I am stepping up and I am using my voice and I am saying, I have an idea. And it's, it's the kind of idea that is a worthwhile ideal to pursue. It's something that is, has the potential to be cultivated from every angle. And it's not intended to hold anybody back, but intended to help everybody get through. But take me seriously, this broken piece of crap human that's trying to say, hey, we can all just do better and be better in these ways. But there's no podium or pedestal or microphone or amplifier or whatever it takes to project this story out to other people. So here I use the only platform that I have that I can manage through all of the the choices that are out there. It's my last resort. And I speak into it and, and I try to let people know that I'm a real person. I'm not a bot. I know there's often times where I will talk and people think that I am. I don't know if it's them just fucking with me though. Like, I think that I speak intelligently, but I'm pretty damn sure I hold at least a coherent conversation. I get caught off on tangents and excited about things, but I'm definitely a real person to talk to. But I try to send my message to people, like, especially when I write and nobody responds back. And I don't know if it's because I'm the crazy person or because they just choose not to believe in the potential that I can see. Are they disregarding me or or they, you know trying to understand me. Like, how can I improve my message? And it just seems like nobody's telling me that, you know, and, and, but I don't see myself as being wrong because it's definitely the things that, you know, when somebody else says it out there, similar to like, everybody's cheering on these things. All I'm talking about is putting it together with intention. Let's do all the things that we're trying to do to make the world a better place and just do it with the intentions so that we can turn it into a force function instead of everybody just radically going whatever direction. It's like point at the laser beam instead of just having random light everywhere. But people don't make sense of the world like that. And I haven't had the least bit of confidence to be able to stand in front of people and to talk with them. I've been working on that and cultivating that because I literally recognized that this is what I have to do. I have to st- Step out of this space and go and say this stuff in front of people and it becomes wholly terrifying because I know that just as much as I'm going to stand up there in front of them and essentially just be bare naked to the whole world that I'm going to have to somehow just be okay with that. And perhaps that's the reason why I journal and say the things that I say and write so much and and I'm willing to share it with people is because I'm not afraid for people to know who I am. The only thing is I'm like, please don't let me be misunderstood. You know, I'm a real person with real feelings, real thoughts, real broken parts that I'm trying to fix at the same exact time. But... There's something about working on this that has helped me to to work on myself. And I know that they go together. And if I don't pursue them together, then I will never be whole again. And I need to be whole so that I can be home. And so that's my life's work.